I feel like this is becoming a trend now. Uh, where I come on here and I say that it's been a while because every or it seems like the last few times that I posted they're very uh, far apart um, pushing boundaries isn't dead okay just taking a little a little step back uh, put it on the back burner I had some ideas for episodes but I, I figured it would be uh, better to do it when I'm more settled as far as uh, job wise is concerned and as far as like what I'm doing uh, outside of that as well um, so and also, this is a good month just because it's Men's Mental Health Month. Uh, so welcome back to Pushing Boundaries. And I got a question for you. I mean, how many of you guys knew that it was mental health, Men's Mental Health Month uh, before me saying it? Did you see it online? Did you hear anything about it? We're four days into November, at least when I'm recording this. Um, and I only saw one post about it thus far. Um, and I still follow a bunch of people who are uh, who were a part of my, my class in uh, school. Uh, or my classes in school in my in my program and I think that that's why it's a good transition or at least to talk about that or say that is because what I the I have one research article today okay I won't <laughs> we'll do like seven of them and I'll try to get through it pretty quickly because you know you don't have to read all the 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 research article hullabaloo the stuff that I don't like like the stati the statistics and such right we'll just read the uh the general gist of it and uh, you, you'll get the idea um, I'll probably post it on the side as well um my mind's jumping, so I want to say, like, first, like, look at these paintings. Uh, we're looking pretty uh, pretty darn sweet back here. Uh, I only did two of them, right? Um, and if you, if I, you know, if I do the turn, yeah, I can't. There's too much stuff around here. But, like, you can may maybe be able to tell which ones that I did. Uh, the other ones I did not do. By They, they were done by actual artists. Uh, so, today what we're going to talk about is why men's mental health is not in the right mind or why mental health is not in the right space for men. Um, what I believe to be a big problem, because uh, it seems like that's all I talk about, is just the big problems with uh, the world or mental health-wise now. Uh, and also, like, maybe some sort of projections for the future, like what to do for the future. So I think that as of right now, mental health is not geared towards men. Uh, the vast majority of counselors, therapists, social workers, uh, psychologists are women. Uh, I talked about this in the last or one of the last two episodes that I did. Um, I'll probably post the statistics here on the side to see. Uh, but it's it's majoritively women and that's not a problem. Okay, it's not an, an issue. I'm not saying like that's a problem. What I am saying is that there's not enough men who want to go into um, a career in counseling. It seems like right now. Um, I, the, the jobs that I've worked, the places where I've worked at since getting my, uh, masters was it's majority, majority women. Um, I guess maybe the job that I have now is more 50, 50 mental health wise, but it's because of the population that I work with. Um, something I more wanted to do, I guess that's part of why there's been such, you know, a big gap in between episodes is just because there's just been a lot going on job wise, career wise, same thing, sort of. Um, and, uh, school wise future projections for myself for school. Uh, so th this article that I found was pretty funny. Um, it talks all about experiences of men in masters of counseling programs. Uh, and I, th it's a pretty small sample size, but I think it, it was funny to read just because it came out the year that I went into this program and if I would have read this or if I would have seen this 
before or during that time, like right when I came in, I think I would have felt a little bit more like validated or, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a pretty, uh, I, if you can't tell already, like, I don't care. Like I'll, I'll say what I have to say. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to not be re- disrespectful about it. Um, unless you get disrespectful, then, you know, it's fair game. Let's go. Uh, but for the most part, I try to keep it cool. Um, which I think I would have done still, even if I had this information, but I just think it would have been good to like bring up to some of my professors at the time and maybe even some students. Um, so I'm hoping that even, even if you're not in uh, mental health, uh, field, job, career. Um, I think that just mental health in general, if you have some sort of interest in it, or if you care about your mental health, I think that this is an important article and something that, or yeah, research article, something that can be uh, replicated and or expanded upon in the future. So let me get the let me get this. So the title of this uh, research article is "The Lived Experiences of Men in Master's Counseling Program," um, and I'll put the I'll put the link or the citation in the youtube page um i don't i don't know if this is considered with this if this would be considered uh plagiarism but i'm gonna put it in there anyways i don't know if i'm gonna apa format it i probably will um because i'm a cuck uh so it says in 19 in the 1960s male students outnumbered female students in the counselor training programs but male students enrollment over the decades has sharply declined Today, women outnumber men almost two to one in master's level counseling programs. Uh, the Council uh, for Accreditation of Counseling and Related Educational Programs uh, reported that in 2015 that only 17.1% of students enrolled in accredited master's level counseling programs were men. As a result, oops, I'm not moving. As a result, counseling graduate programs have become female concentrated. Occupations and training programs are labeled female concentrated if 68% to 98% of the individuals in them are women. This dramatic shift has likely impacted counselor education. However, little is known about men's training experiences in female concentrated counseling programs. And I think that's really important because this was something that I, I thought was really wrong when I was in school. I, I, I knew that there was a reason for why I felt the way that I felt. And I, and I think it was a good trajectory for pushing boundaries because I was experiencing a lot of um, uh, disadvantages, I want to say, um, and this sort of mentality from other students that was just not inclusive, even though it's so weird. I mean, we it's like I, I tried not to be disrespectful <laughs> And you may think I'm disrespectful either way. I mean, I really do try not to be disrespectful, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stand up for what's right and what I think, you know, how I think things should be. And if you don't think that things should be that way and you have something to say about it, say it, right? I'm not afraid of the confrontation, never was, and I probably never will be, um, which could get me into some trouble. And it has gotten me into some trouble over the, over this, the course of my uh, educational experience and outside. Uh, But why I think that that's an important thing to think about is that if it's female concentrated, then by default, or at least you can assume that things are going to be female centered, right? I worked for edible arrangements and I was the only male within a, like three or four store radius. Um, and I remember my, my, not my manager, but the lady above her, uh, 
she came in one day and was like talking to all like the other girls uh and even one of the new girls like she was almost i was a little bit older than her as far as like working there uh but you know she said hi to her this this and this did not say hi to me and i was like this bitch uh, not going to say hi to me. And I, I did, I took it a tiny bit personally, but more just like, okay, you're going to gossip and stuff with the new chick, but you're not even going to say hi to me. I said hi to her. She just kind of like looked up and was like, oh, hi. I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? So I, and, and I was the token guy there, which was fine, man. I mean, I like helping out girls, uh, you know, help, helping out women. Cause I'm a big, strong man. No, they just like, cause I was tall and I can grab stuff and they don't want to lift the heavy stuff, which I was, again, I'm fine to do. Um, but you know, you put that into, and not, again, there's not, there's a reason why not a lot of men are working at edible arrangements. Uh, but I mean, I didn't work there for that long, but you put that sort of mentality in a, uh, a counseling program where people are being trained to be therapists, psychologists, you know, those types of people. And it starts to get swayed and not in a good way always it's good for it's good for women sure i i again i i had disagreements with some of the stuff that was you know just some theories and stuff which is fine you know not everybody is going to have the same theory as you or believe the same things that you do or see the world the way that you do and i was like all right cool you're going to be in your lane i'm going to be in my lane doing my thing but I, I guess i'll read on but it was you know it's just more to say that if if it's a program like that, training people to be therapists is mostly swayed towards women and concentrated on female-related issues, then what about the other 50% of the population? There's a reason why most of these people posting about mental health stuff and it's all cutesy and ha-la-la and got the not fancy writing because it's female-dominated. And there's some men, you know, there's a, a decent group of men who will... Uh, you know, find those types of things and like those kinds of things. I don't think it's the majority. But uh, let's continue. So research from the interdisciplinary literature indicates that female concentrated training programs in the helping professions have created barriers, tokenizing, tokenization, uh, anti-male remarks, and microaggressions for men who have enrolled in these programs. Despite these barriers, female concentrated programs can offer advantages to men with regard to career opportunities, including immediate postgraduate employment and accelerated career trajectories into leadership positions after graduation. I do think that's true as well. I think that it was not hard for me to find an internship. Um, I, I think that because I'm a male within this field and there's such a lack of, I don't, I'm not really too worried about finding a job. I'm more worried about staying ethical and more worried about uh, being a good therapist, counselor, whatever, and a hopefully future uh, psychologist. Um, I'm just worried about doing that, like being the best that I can be. I'm not really worried about a job or finding one. I think I can. You know, I like the job that I'm at, but if I lost it, I, I think I would be okay finding something. That's an advantage. It's a, it's a, it's a less worry. The experiences of men in female concentrated training programs has been well documented in the helping professions of psychology, nursing, and education. However, only two studies to date have explored the impact of gender disparity on men in counseling programs. In the first study, blah, 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 explored the lack of male students affected the culture of a graduate counseling program. A mixed methods design was, uh, design was employed by collecting survey data from 217 counseling faculty and interview, interview, wait, wait, and interview data from 10 students. The second study used a qualitative, 
yeah, qualitative. I dude, it's so it's so small. This is life now. You know, it's I turned 25 years old and now my eyes want to turn to shit. I got a stigmatism, dude. <laughs> Lights are so fucking bright when I drive. Let's go back. <laughs> Maybe if I turn it sideways too, I can read it better. Wow. Uh, a myth. Me- a m- <laughs> God damn it. A mixed method design was employed by collecting survey data from 217 counseling faculty and interview data from 10 students. The second study used a qualitative content analysis to examine narrative study survey data from 168 counseling faculty members regarding their attitudes and behaviors towards male counseling students. Finding from both of these recent studies suggests that gender disparity in graduate programs does affect male student learning experiences. Okay. Um, So I'm recording this after the fact because when I was editing, I realized that some of the video was messed up due to my computer screen locking. So now I'm just going to read it to you here. So Michael et al. found that gender disparity in graduate counseling programs led to a female concentrated culture where high value was placed on learning and communication styles of women. In female concentrated cultures, empathy, self-disclosure, and emotional expressiveness are encouraged while masculine communication styles example, emphasis on action, less on self-disclosure, are ignored or criticized. Michael et al. found that female concentrated cultures varied widely and were significantly shaped by faculty member attitudes towards traditional male values and gender roles. The research identified four female concentrated cultures that yielded different learning environments for male students, leadership, stigmatized, invisible, and nurtured. Second part says, The female concentrated culture created by gender disparity led to unique challenges for male students. Participants reported they struggled to have their voices heard and were reluctant to share their opinions on topics such as male privilege. Men in invisible environments faced gender blindness, whereby faculty failed to respond to the unique needs of men in the classroom. These men are also also reported being treated as tokens by being inadvertently singled out in the classroom and asked to speak on behalf of all men. Men in stigmatized environments experienced anti-male attitudes and behaviors, such as male bashing, from faculty members. Findings from Michael uh, et al. suggest that gender disparity in counseling, counselor training programs creates a female-concentrated culture. This culture, combined with faculty attitudes towards gender roles, creates educational environments that impact male student training experiences. These educational environments present both unique challenges and advantages for male students. Although these studies offer critical insight into the experiences of male students in female concentrated counselor programs, data have largely been collected from national samples of counseling faculty via internet surveys. Finding from both of these studies, therefore, were based on faculty uh, uh, perceptions of male student experiences. Michael Blank did interview men in a counselor training program. Their data, however, was converged with quantitative faculty perception data to derive qualitative themes. To fully understand the effect of gender disparity on men's experience in counselor training programs, it's important to hear from men themselves. This purpose of our study was obtain an in-depth understanding of men's lived experiences in a master-level counseling program. So I'm not going to bother you with the uh, research stuff. Just know that it was researched and that uh, they did interview, I think it was around 12 people. Let me let me see. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see. 11 men. So 11 men. So very, very small sample. Again, I I don't, I'm not using this as like, you know, this is the end all be all, but I think this is important. And I think that, you know, 
it it has implications to be something that's uh uh it could it could span okay that's that's all i'm saying so let's go down to the the results from our analysis of the data Three central themes emerged that described the context in which participants' experiences as men in a counselor training program occurred. These included being a minority in number, being in a relational environment, and having an awareness of, the, of a patriarchal system. We identified seven sub-themes corresponding to three central themes, which provided an in-depth description of what participants experienced. So minority in number. A central theme that arose among all participants was the recognition of being one of the few men in their counseling programs and the impact that being a minority in number had on their experience. Participants described how being the only male in their class influenced their educational experience. Three sub-themes, blah, 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 blah. Self-monitoring. Several participants experienced the need to censor their viewpoints in class discussions as a result of being the only male in class. Participants who identified as racial and or sexual minorities were particularly worried that sharing experiences and opinions that counter the majority female viewpoint would result in negative consequences. Tyler discussed what might happen if he were to share his viewpoint in a female-concentrated class. He stated, Saying it around a lot of women gets you in some trouble. You know that you know it's only a few guys, but you insult... If you insult the women, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have problems. Paul was concerned about becoming a target and carefully monitored his behavior in the classroom. He explained, I feel like a lot of girls would throw me under the bus at the first opportunity they had. So I have to make sure I do, I do everything super right. A few participants who identified as white heterosexual men felt more empowered to contribute to class discussion, but still censored their viewpoints on topics such as sexism and privilege. For example, James found that he was able to contribute contribute to most class discussions but as a white heterosexual man he struggled to feel like he could contribute to a class discussion on sexism now i think that's funny because um i am white uh i'm jewish uh but you know i'm white and uh and i don't give a fuck man like i censored myself i guess a little bit but uh, i didn't really censor myself too too much and then i did this so i could like i guess censor myself a little bit more in school and then like have some sort of outlet for it and i actually had like two or three people call me from the program and tell me what they thought and i thought that was the funniest thing in the world uh call me and get like upset i even have some dude from high school and he probably will message me after this because he i think he still watches them which is cute uh but he uh will still message me about some of this stuff and i just think that that's Again, it's it's cute, and and thank you for watching and giving me the the views. Um, let's continue. Tokenization. Many participants felt they had to represent all men or act as the male voice because they were frequently the only frequently uh, the only male in, uh, person in the classroom. For many par participants, speaking up during class to offer a viewpoint of a man on a specific topic seemed like an obligation or duty since there was lack of male voices. I agree, but I like that. Um, as Richard explained, every time I go in class, I feel like I have to say something on behalf of all guys. I feel like I'm being singled out, but it's kind of like I have to because you're one of, you're one of only a few guys. White heterosexual participants also felt that one male perspective in class was not necessarily representative of the general male population and struggled to separate their personal perspectives from the general male experience. Anthony described in his struggle... It was tiring to make it clear that my experience and perspectives may not be the most common among men. Bill further elaborated, 
The men in the room were asked to speak for males in general. If one male was in class, only a single male viewpoint was offered, while there are numerous viewpoints that represent female, represented by females. He concluded, it can, be it can be uncomfortable being asked to represent all males in a specific context about a specific subject. Minority participants describe being tokenized in the classroom because of the rarity of their intersecting identities. Richard shared experience where, experiences where students look to him to gain experiences working with racial and sexual minorities. He states, students try to gain their experiences through me. I feel like I have to be a teacher. Out of place. Many participants described feeling out of place in the classroom as a result of being a minority in number. Paul explained, as a male, you kind of feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, I like that. Again, I, I, I'm okay with sticking out. Uh, a few participants talked about receiving men, uh, receiving messages that men, particularly, particularly, good lord, uh, heterosexual men do not belong in the counseling field. Oh, I said that before I even read it. Um, I did read it slightly. You know, I read the uh, the gist of it, and I just wanted to read it here. You don't have to believe me. I don't care, but I think that's funny because that's what I was saying before. Uh, Jay explained how out of place he felt as a heterosexual man in the classroom. Uh, full of women, he stated, in my classes, sometimes I'm the only guy there. So it kind of just sends this signal that it's constantly being reinforced over and over that you're doing something that maybe isn't normal for a guy. I'm going somewhat against the grain. I, I think that's true, but not because, I mean, you are kind of going against the grain. Not a lot of men are doing this, but the field is not f made for men and women. It's made for mostly women and a little bit of men, mostly women, a little bit of men. So why would, why would men join it? Why would men do it? James also experienced feeling out of place in the classroom and worried about his female classmates judging him for being a man in the in counseling. What the? What, why? Don't worry about that, James. He shared, "I'm sitting in in class like I'm the only guy. I wonder what the female classmates are thinking about me." Relational counseling approach. The majority of participants uh, describe challenges related to rela relational counseling approaches and believe their training program placed too much emphasis on emotions. Dude, I swear. Oh my God. I wish I would have read this. I it's. I wish I would have known about this. This is insane. I went to my program director about like feeling like this and he like shunned me away. And I'm like, oh God, how fun it would have been if I had this. It looks like these are crooked. How how fun that would have been if I would have had this just to bring in and be like, you know, like just like big dick it, you know, just throw it on the table. Uh, these participants describe difficulties in identifying with relational counseling approaches that were emphasized in their programs. Phil elaborated, I really don't identify with relational counseling approaches. I mean, like always reflecting feelings, like never giving advice to the client. Bill also described how professors and fellow students over-emotionalize things. Uh, James shared that he struggled to understand how counselors could authentically demonstrate empathy for clients. He reflected, I don't know if I believe that any counselor is that compassionate. I mean, unless they play stupid and, you know, like act like you're uh, like a not knowing stance. Participants also found it difficult to establish an emotional connection with clients or focus on emotions in counseling sessions. Matt reflected, I, f I kind of struggle with this idea that the client counselor of the client counselor relationship, and I start seeing how in practicum my clients are getting close to me. I don't feel that at all. Bill stated, sometimes it's easy for me to sort of gloss over emotions and go into, so how do we fix this? And I think that's pretty uh, categorical of men, more of that practicality, the uh, logic, practica uh, practical thinking. Now, I, I think that you do need emotions within therapy because you're going to talk about like, oh, 
I'm feeling too emotional about this. I'm feeling too this way about this. What do I do? Or, you know, is this just me being overly emotional? Most likely it could be. Um, not for all cases, but for a lot of cases, I feel. And especially with, with men too, if it's not that men need to be emotional, it's that they feel so emotional about something and they don't want to. That's just what I think. So why would, a, why would it, it's like, let's talk more about your feelings. Like, no, no, I can tell you how I feel and you need to kind of help me sort through this. Help me be more logical. Help me be more analytical or something. And it's not to say that women can't do this, but it's just, I think they, they have a harder time doing that versus relating to the emotional thing. I, I don't know. I don't really remember talking to any of the other males in my program about like this, this, this difficulty with, um, the, the emotion thing. I think, I think, I mean, I, I think I was good enough with it. I think I still am pretty good, even though I do still with my clients try to talk about how to move away from being so emotional and, and to get a grip and to do bigger, better things, you know, uh, but let's move on. Let's see, blah, 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 blah. Relationship with other students. Nearly all participants describe challenges in relating to fellow counseling students. Richard explained, I think the biggest challenge for me right now is being connected with other counseling students. Prior to engaging, or prior, to the, prior to entering the program, particip participants believe it would be easy to connect with other men in the program, but most actually found it difficult to form these friendships. Both Bill and Richard were surprised to find that there were no uh, camaraderie among the men in the program. This is something that I thought about too. I was like, there's so few of us. And I felt like I was one of the only ones who was speaking, like, I guess, to go to bat for men and against some of these things that I thought were wrong. And there was nobody, no, no one who would, no other guy who would stand up with me or for me or, or really anything. If anything, it was the opposite. I found like a lot of, um, hate, uh, which was uh, not shocking, but you know, it just is what it is. Um, but let's, let's move on and let's kind of, let's kind of make this a little bit shorter. Cause this is, there's, there's 18 pages of this. If you want to read the rest of it, you totally can. Um, I think that the, what we'll end on is the discussion piece, which is a, a good place to end when it comes to uh, a research article. Uh, but our findings suggest that the gender disparity presented in participants counselor training program did impact their training experiences. Participants described a variety of unique challenges and advantages that were associated with being in a female concentrated counselor program. Uh, this finding parallels much of the research published in the counseling field, as well as other helping professions. In particular, our par participants described challenges and advantages they related to uh, being a minority in number, being relation in a relational environment, and being aware of the patriarchal system. Men reported that being a minority in number created several challenges, challenging experiences in their training program. They described having to monitor viewpoints that were perceived uh, to, uh, to counter the majority female voice. Increased self-monitoring often led to the absence of their voice in the classroom, especially on topics regarding male privilege and sexism. When participants were pro provided the opportunity to participate in class, their experiences were frequently tokenized, becoming the token in, 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 in and increased self-monitoring have been found to be common experiences for men in female concentrated programs in the helping professions. It's important to note that minority participants in our study described experiencing a particularly heavy burden with regard to tokenization. Their intersecting identities make them a rarity uh, from whom students were eager to learn. Many participants also experienced feeling out of place and were concerned that they did not belong in a counselor training program. 
They perceived that that feminine ways of communicating uh, emotional expressiveness and relational approaches were valued by those in the program. Uh, these findings support the work of Wood and Inman, who suggested that modern pedagogy in the social sciences was based towards feminine models of relationship and communication. So 1993. Long time now. Sorry, uh, all you uh, old mofos. I, I wear glasses now, okay? I didn't wear glasses for 25 years, I can say it. Uh, this bias can uh, dis disparage masculine models of relationships and communication, teaching students a misrepresented model of affecting relationship, effective relationship building. Several participants struggled to identify with re relational approaches to counseling that were valued by faculty in the program. Blah, 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 blah. Participants also experienced barriers in developing relationships with other students. We already talked about that. Although particip participants experienced numerous challenges as a result of the training uh, program's female-concentrated environment, uh, male hegemony and privilege were still a part of the men's training experiences. It is important to note that men experienced a female-concentrated men, men experienced a female-concentrated pro training program that was situated in a larger patriarchal system. Within this system, men held the primary power and predominant leadership positions. As a result, the participants experienced male hegemony and the majority of counseling faculty were men. In this specific program, my program wasn't like that. Because of the patriarchal system, several of the white male participants experienced direct advantages, which included to male faculty members. It's so boring, dude. That, but why? It's, it's, oh, God. And I want to read it, and it's just, that stuff makes me cringe. Like, don't, don't, you're making it about something else. And now all these people are like, that's what they'll run with. The, oh, but they're in the, it's still a patriarchy in the, in the end. Nah, well, okay. Not if everything's going to be so female oriented, um, whatever implications for counseling at counselor educators, although limited to men experience in one counselor training program, our study makes important contributions to the understanding of men's experiences in female concentrated training programs and provides counselor educators with important implications to consider based on our results, blah, blah, blah. It appears that men in female concentrated oh. counseling. Wow. Nice. Good job, boys. It appears that men in female concentrated counselor training programs may encounter barriers that impact their success in the program while simultaneously receiving advantages. It seems important that counselor educators have an awareness of the unique barriers, blah, blah, blah. Several barriers that uh, men in our study face were related to being tokens, blah, blah, blah. I guess I guess that's just kind of all the same stuff. So what what to take away from this? Or <laughs> as I knock over my thing, what what to take away from this? Or what did I take away from this? What I took away from this was this idea that what did, what did I do? What is it on now? Well, what do you take away from this? Well, what, what did I take? What I took away from this was, I guess, validation for some of the things that I felt. And I guess some more explanation and insight into other people's eyes or, or, or mind or experience um, that kind of, you know, gives me a better view uh, of the problem. Now, I, I think that if we want to see men's mental health get better, we need to have more men advocating for men. This relationship model that they are talking about as far as like, how do men gain friendships and gain trust, I think is true, Like, right? Why do I want to go see uh a male therapist. I, if I'm going to go see a male a therapist, I want to go see a male because I don't want the emotional stuff. And if you're a male therapist who's doing that, I'm finding another one. So it's and I, and I don't think that I'm the only man. I know I'm not the only male who does this, and I think there are a lot more men who will who who feel like that. Uh, again, this is what 
or why I think this is an important episode, at least for myself and for the the podcast, is just this, this is what I want to make my career into. This is what I, I see the disparity. Sure, there are some advantages. And I, I, would, I would say that there were some professors who helped me out, um, who, you know, let, let me, you know, let me there, lend me their ear to, to talk to. But two of the four um, turned their back on me, or at least it seemed that way. Um, one of them I still talk to. Um, and, I, I, and, and his story is, is, is pretty insane. Um, it, it's, it's one of my old professors who was one of my, who's he's probably one of my favorite teachers I've ever had. Um, and just to see what my school did to him and what the, uh, what the, the students did to him is just awful. They're awful people. Um, and if you're seeing this and you are a part, you were a part of that program, you're, 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 I think you're awful. Um, you can get better, but I think you're awful for what for what is going down, or what went down. But whatever. I mean, we we all got to learn some way. Some of us learn the hard way. Some of us learn in easier ways. I don't think that my way of going through school was the or going through school as I'm as I'm trying to continue is the easiest way. But it's the way that I like it. Um, I like being that that sore thumb. I like I like I like rippling the water. I like pushing the boundaries, dude. F- fuck. But uh, also, I have a question now that we're, um, uh, we're, we're, we're done with this episode. And uh, who are all you people? Like, all you people on my Instagram and stuff, where, where did you come from? Because is, is it the one viral video that I made? Because I'm confused. Like, I, I make one video and all of a sudden I, I jump within this time of never posting a video. I gain like 200 followers on Instagram. Do you know what this is about? It's so funny, man. You know, you don't try, you get it. You try, it. It's sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't get it. Um, but for real, who are you people on Instagram? Uh, keep following me. I don't know, watch this. See what, tell me what you think. Um, again, I, I, I want to turn this into something where maybe I can get like a phone or something and a number for people to call to so I can maybe have like a topic of the day and maybe just do this, sit here and chill for like two hours. You know, talk to people. Um, have people send me stuff, messages and stuff, and I'll read them, you know, just kind of talk about stuff, give me some ideas of things to to look into. Um, I have some ideas for future videos, but you know, I could always use more and I like the input and stuff like that. Um, hey, men's mental health month. Uh, if you're a guy and you're feeling something, you need someone to talk to. I'm not saying go to a therapist, but if you are the friend of a guy who has problems or, you know, mental health problems. And I don't want to say that like, oh, problems. If you have a, I mean, I've had mental health problems or issues, things that's been hard for me to overcome. And I, and I'm, and I'm seeing over, uh, now that I'm at this place where I am now, um, it's more like, oh, I can help other people or talk to other people about my experiences. And I think that I had people in my life, my father, my, my, my mom, uh, my best friend to, help me out with some of these things. Um, and I, and I, I, I can't tell you how important that is to, to feel like you belong even, even to just one or two people. I, I don't think you have to have a lot of friends. I actually prefer not to have a, a big majority of friends. I only talk to like two, three people um, other than my family. It's just, I keep my, I keep my stuff tight, um, butthole real tight. Um, friendships are like buttholes. Keep them tight. Um, but yeah, so 
uh, I would say be a friend, be a good guy to your male friend. You know, maybe maybe there's some advice that you can give them, or maybe there's a way that you can talk to them or relate to them in some way. And 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 you know, I I think you'd be a lot more upset at yourself if you don't. And I don't want you to feel that regret either. You know, there's a lot of people killing themselves and a lot of people who are hurting right now. And, you know, you never know what one word, one, you know, whatever could say to you, you could say to someone that could save their life. Um, I'm being, I'm being honest and don't get down on yourself if you try and it doesn't work. You know, men, we're, we're killing ourselves at, at a really high rate, incarcerated at a really high rate, homeless at a really high rate, drug addicts, really high rate, you know, we're, 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 we got a lot against us, but you know, brotherhood, where's the camaraderie? See you guys.